Welcome to International Podcast Month, or IPM. IPM 2020 is brought to you by the organizational team, Anne, Cole, Tess, and Theron. A very special thank you to all of our participants, without whom this event wouldn't be possible. And now, on to the episode. Hi, I'm Jeff Stormer, and I host Party of One, an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Every week, I sit down with my friends, we play a two-player game, we share a few laughs, maybe a few tears, and a really good time. We aim to explore a variety of games, playstyles, and emotional experiences that are often overlooked in the tabletop hobby. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Check us out at partyofonepodcast.com. Even when the sun broke, we still worshipped it as our god. Even when it died, we trusted its ministers to guide us. When we learned we walked atop buried lies and beneath a hidden oppressor, we finally had enough. Now it is the time to storm the sun and take back what was stolen. Stories of a Broken Sun is an actual play anthology where diverse voices play to find out what happens in every corner of an original world. Shadowy conspiracies, ravening beasts, the cold embrace of the void. These are just some of the dangers awaiting those who stand between the innocent and the multitudes ready to destroy everything we believe in. And the way our heroes roll, whether in Warhammer 40,000, Delta Green, Numenera, or any number of other games we've tried, they'll probably encounter these dangers sooner rather than later. Join us at theredactedfiles.com. The Unexplored Places, Tango Sector, is an actual play podcast about the crew of the Spaceship Pelagian, a ragtag group of reckless guns for hire, taking jobs, facing rivals, making enemies, and scraping by amidst the plots and schemes of the cops, cults, and criminals who control their home in Tango Sector. Find us on Twitter at UnexploredCast, and tune in every other Tuesday wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to International Podcast Month 2020. Today we are playing a game of Catch the Devil by Sage Latora, a game of suspense in the late Anthropocene. Catch the Devil is a Powered by the Apocalypse game about normal people caught up in forces beyond the real, people in a world like our own but with our darkest fears for what society may do, made concrete and let run wild. The future is always ungiven, but they face the widening gyre of the late Anthropocene. May someone have mercy on their souls. This is a horror game, and so before we begin, I'd like to encourage our listeners to take a look at the content warnings listed in the episode notes. My name's Christine, I'm from the Unexplored Places, and I am today's GM. Uh, my name is Jeff Stormer, I'm from the Party of One and All My Fantasy Children podcasts, and I will be playing Manika. Hi, I'm John, I'm from the Red Active Files, and I'll be playing Brad. Hi everyone, I'm Velvet Divine, I'm from the Stories of a Broken Sun and a Flight Risk podcasts, I'll be playing Trisha. So, Manika, Brad, and Trisha, you three are all employees in the internal specifications department of a company called Eureka Multinational. It's a 
weekend in late June, probably the last weekend in June, a few days before the end of the month. And along with a couple of your other coworkers and a few people from your management team, the three of you have been chosen to attend a mandatory team building retreat at your manager, Andy Shea's beachside timeshare. You were given, before you left work on Friday, an agenda for the weekend, which involves asking you to arrive uh, at some point before dinner on Saturday. Uh, There will be a team dinner Saturday night. Uh, You'll spend the night Saturday into Sunday. Sunday will be filled with various uh, team-building activities, and then you'll be able to head home around dinner time on Sunday to come back to the office for work. Uh, fresh and ready Monday morning. Trisha, I want to start with you. Uh, You've arrived at this lovely beachside paradise. It is a two-story condo, basically, in a building, a large building full of other condos. Uh, Both floors each have several bedrooms. Uh, There is a sort of big communal space, and there's a balcony on each floor that looks right out onto the beach. Being late June, it's pretty busy on the beach. It is, at this point, probably 4 p.m. or so. Um, You're standing on the balcony, and you're looking out towards the beach. And before I tell you what you see out on the beach, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? I work in the web developing uh, department. I'm pretty much the head, but not on paper. People tell me that I'm a little self-centered, a little high-strung, but I think I'm just very self-invested and enthusiastic about my work, which I think is probably the hardest job in the office. Very nice. Uh, So you are looking out at the beach from this balcony, and it's, it's, again, like I said, late afternoon, uh, not quite sunset. Most of the beachgoers that you see out there are sort of just starting to, to pack up after a long Saturday afternoon on the beach. Uh, And amidst the sort of lingering crowd out there, you see something that's hard to explain. Uh, You're not sure if it is what you think it is, because what you think it is, is a body sprawled out on the sand, directly in between a a couple with a baby building a sandcastle and a group of, like, young teenage boys playing frisbee. And it's sprawled out on the sand, and it's bloody, and there are three vultures picking at it what do you do i mean given the type of person that trisha is i think she's gonna take a picture of it you pull out your phone uh you have a very nice smartphone your company actually provides phones when you first start working for them they're state-of-the-art your company actually manufactures phones it's one of the the many 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 things uh that eureka multinational does and you you swipe up and you open the photo app And you point it towards the beach, and on the screen you see the beach. You see the the couple and their baby building a sandcastle. You see the teenagers playing frisbee. And there isn't anything in between them. Looking with just my eyes, not at the screen, uh, is the body and the vulture still there? You look away from the screen and you don't see it anymore. Huh. I'm going to chalk that up to a lot of sleepless nights and uh, sugary beverages. All right. Brad, can you tell us a little bit about who Brad is? Sure. Um, Brad is, like, fairly tall. Uh, he, he dresses outside of the work the same way he does at work. And so he's got that, like, 
golf shirt, khakis. Um, since he's at the beach, he he's got some. Um, uh, he he has like Birkenstocks on. It's kind of, uh, so he's he's got, like has like tan tanned brown skin. It's kind of a person who can get overly intense and stuff, and he always seems like he's talking as if he's on a some sort of YouTube channel or like he's doing it for the an audience. Not and it never feels like it's sincere. What's your position in the company? Oh, I'm a software tester. Great. Would you say that you have arrived early, late, or right on time? Uh, I I would have definitely arrived early so I can possibly, you know, have a conversation with the manager, you know, score some points. Oh, absolutely. In fact, as you arrive early, uh, the manager is not there when you get there, but the assistant manager is there. Uh, your The assistant manager is a man named Phil Richardson, and he is sort of there, sort of greeting everybody as they come in, passing out room keys for where you're going to, you know, what rooms you'll be each spending the night in, um, checking off a clipboard or a tablet, I think it is, checking off a tablet as people arrive to make sure that everybody who's been invited is accounted for. Uh, and as you get there, he sort of sets this tablet down on the counter in this common space. And, and he says, hey, hey, Brad, I actually, um, great to see you. Glad you made it. Uh, I'm actually, I'm kind of wrapping up here. Andy's going to uh, take over as soon as he gets here. Do you want to, you know, head down to the beach or something? Maybe, you know, uh, throw a frisbee around or, uh, you know, get some seashells. Sure, sure. You know, you're my guy. We can do that. Definitely. Uh, when's Andy, when's Andy getting here? Oh, he should be here in like uh, 10, 15 minutes, hopefully, unless he hits traffic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Uh, but wait, how about how, how about a picture? A trade a selfie with Phil? Oh, he smiles so wide. And I, I, I tweet it saying, talking about how Eureka's, the Eureka's finest out at the retreat, blah, blah, blah. Just tries to send that out. And immediately, like, waits for a little while to see if I get any likes or anything like that. Because that's what's, I mean, it's not important, but, you know, you know, you, you got to push your brand. Anyway, now I like, like, feel, yeah, let's go. All right. He, uh, you and him head down to the beach. What do you guys do on the beach? Are you throwing a football around, playing frisbee? What do you think? What's the vibe here? Probably, probably throwing the football. All right. As you are doing so, it's a beautiful day. The, the, the temperature is just right for late June. The sky is clear. It's like it's going to be a beautiful sunset in about an hour or two. Uh, as you're doing this, he says, hey, hey Brad, I'm, I'm just, you know, man, man, I just, I just want to check in. I wonder how you've been feeling at work. You know, with the whole, like, the whole social atmosphere. You feeling good? Feeling like you fit in? Oh, yeah. it's no big deal or anything. I just want to, you know, check up, just feel things out, see how you're doing. Yeah, I, I appreciate you asking, but yeah, fitting perfectly. Everybody there loves me. Uh, we've, we've, I've had some really good heart to hearts with some of the other coworkers. It's, it's, it's nice. It's good. It's good. Why do you ask? I, oh, I just, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. I, just, you know, I want to make sure that everybody really feels like a part of the team here. I think you're, you know, you've been a great asset. Yeah, he's, yeah, you've done really good. You can. Ask anyone. I, you know, I've been, you know, a go-getter trying to get everything done, trying to, you know, make make Mr. Shea look good, that sort of thing. Yeah, anything for Eureka, right? Right, exactly. 
Like, how's it, how are things going for you? You feeling good? Oh, you know, I mean, yeah, summer's my favorite. Favorite time of year. Manika, mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, Manika, she, her. Um, Manika, her job is payroll manager. She, uh, or as she describes it, I... I put I make sure people get their paychecks every on the 15th and the 30th of the month. Um she is wearing similar similar to what she wears in the office but like the casual version of it which is as like her wardrobe around work events straddles that line of exactly how far I can get away with not dressing professionally. And so she's, she's doing, it's, it's, she's normally on one end where it's the least professional that I can look while still looking professional. Now it's the least, now it is like the least fun and casual that I can look while still making it clear that like I am here on a work event. Right. No additional flair. (laughs) No, no flair. (laughs) Plain blue, like blue dress shirt leather like uh not a leather jacket because it's summer but like maybe like a like a cloth or linen uh like blazer Mm -hmm. or one of those like really casual ones kind of a little bit of a like a like a linen windbreaker sort of um is just kind of um is clearly like blue jeans sneakers is clearly like trying to convey like i am here to make i am here because work has has told me to be here uh she's in her late 30s she's been with the company for a while probably long like she's she's been here through the last few rounds of layoffs mm. she's kind of a holdover and her role and her her philosophy has always been i i am not going to uh give any more of myself than needs to be given to eureka multinational do you arrive early late or on time uh as close uh as close to late as possible okay i think by the time you arrive everybody who has been sort of who's arrived earlier and has been sort of out doing their own thing while waiting uh is just starting to to come back and get ready you're all headed out to um to a restaurant for dinner it's um it's not an olive garden uh in the movie version but it is clearly meant to emulate an olive garden sure sure gotcha um and and just as you arrive, people are sort of getting ready to go, and people are a couple people are starting to head out the door. Everyone's carpooling over to this restaurant, and I, and your uh your manager Andy, uh just as as you're getting ready to head out the door, sort of like taps you on the shoulder and like gestures to pull you aside. And I like I um. I steal myself for a minute, right? Like I gotta like my shoulders sag for a minute and I gotta like pull them back up and I kinda shake it loose and I put on the smile and I'm like, Hey, uh hey, how are you? How how is it going? I'm so sorry that I'm running I was running a little late. Uh traffic getting in here was just up abysmal. Oh, I know, don't we all know? Well, uh yeah, can I just can it you mind if I talk to you for a second real quick? Yeah, absolutely. What's up? That's it's nothing serious. I just <sighs> I... <laughs> Manika, you're you're a good worker. You're very smart. I'm I'm sure you've noticed that most of the other employees along for this retreat are not exactly the um the cream of the crop in our our department. Uh I I just don't I don't want you to feel like that means that we the management team that I see you that way. 
Oh, I, I, you know what? I really appreciate that. I didn't, I didn't take it in that way. Monika absolutely took it in that way. I didn't take it in that way, but like, I really appreciate you letting me know. It just, I, uh, you know what? I just, I, uh, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I just kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to like get to know the team on a personal level. Yeah. I, I mean, we really appreciate everything you do. We really appreciate all your hard work. Actually, um, the, the reason that you're here this weekend is because I, I wanted to ask you a favor. Great. Uh, and, and Monique, I think that you know this, being someone who, who works in payroll. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the last week of the fiscal year. Yes. I'm sure for you that means this has been a very busy week. Yes. For I everyone was... in accounts anything. Accounts I've payable, been... accounts receivable. I've been working late the last few, the last few weeks. <laughs> yeah. And he says, look, I want to ask you a favor. We're... We're going to have to be trimming down the size of the team a little bit before the new fiscal year starts. And d don't worry, you're not, you know, your job's not on the line or anything like that. We couldn't, we couldn't do this without you. But we were hoping... You said it, I didn't. <laughs> yep, you're right, I said it. Uh, I was hoping you might be able to help me make some calls. That feels a little more like an HR concern. I, I I feel like I'm more just push the button to hand out the paychecks. Oh no, I know. I Carrie from HR will be here this weekend too. It's not. I, I I just you know we on management we in management we see things at a different level than sort of the every you know the. He's trying real hard not to be like the, the commoners, right? He's like. I, I understand. I uh, you, you're you're not looking for me to break the news. You're looking for me to be a shoulder to a shoulder to cry on and an ear to listen. We're looking for you to, uh, we're looking for your expertise as someone who's, you know, in the break room when management's not around. Right, yeah, sure. No, okay, that, yeah, that I can, I can absolutely, yeah, that's something I can take on. I'm, yeah, I'm just, you know, think about it that over dinner with the people who are here, maybe, if there's anyone sure. that, you know, you think is maybe not, you know what I mean. I, I, I know what you mean. I completely understand. I really appreciate it, Monika. Thank you. Thank of you course. so much. And I turn around and my smile just turns into a scowl ever so slowly, but I do not move my teeth. And I just go and I'm like, I gotta get, I gotta drop off my bags. <laughs> so after these conversations, the three of you, uh, along with a couple of your other coworkers, carpool over to this Olive Garden-esque restaurant for dinner. The members of the management team who are present are, again, uh, Andy Shea, your manager, Phil Richardson, who is the assistant manager and the the retreat facilitator, uh, and then Carrie Mason, who's there as a, a representative from HR. Uh, Andy and Phil are both he, him pronouns. Carrie is she, her pronouns. And it's, 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 it's a company dinner, you know? There's yeah. some, some light conversation. No one says anything terribly meaningful. No personal details are revealed. No personal details are revealed. Everyone kind of, like, maybe orders one drink, but no one quite asks for seconds, right? Right. Um. How many people, if I, to, how many, an important detail for me. Please. How many people say the line, we're not talking about work tonight, and then 15 minutes later talk about work? Almost everybody. That's what I figured. That's no. exactly what I figured. Brad definitely talks about himself. But he it's like he doesn't talk about himself Brad. He talks about the persona he's trying to craft of Brad. Sure. Mm -hmm. That actually makes a lot of sense. 
So he's having conversations about, you know, living fearlessly and how to live your best life. Uh, you have to live. You can't be defensive. You have to live free. A whole bunch of this buzzword <sighs> bingo type com- conversation things. Like he'll start arguing against a point that no one's making or, or disagrees just to hear himself talk. Yep. That sounds right. That all this all tracks. What's Trish doing during this dinner? Trisha talks about herself a lot, but just very shallow personal details that nobody like really cares about, like the cool new furniture she got or how intuitive uh, her new puppy is. <laughs> and what about Monika? Monika is offering Monika is is offering uh exactly as many like relevant details to maintain that she is invested in the conversation uh and manika is probably one of three people that like hasn't ordered many drinks but has ordered the second drink and it's like i whatever like great the company's paying yeah like i i am here i am fully aware that the company is paying for this i see uh, i don't i don't see those checks but Eric sees those checks, and so, like, I am not letting them off the hook here. <laughs> <laughs> no shame, ordering a second drink. So by the end of the evening, uh, everyone again sort of piles back into the, the several cars that you all have carpooled over here in. And again, Monika, uh, Andy pulls you aside uh, and just says, any any thoughts yet? Any? Um, well, I... I... <sighs> Not quite, I mean, I can tell you, I think it's too early to, to make any definitive call because I really feel like, I feel like we need, if if this is going to happen this weekend and people are going to find out this news this weekend, we should probably really start like having serious talks about it probably tomorrow morning. Let them, let them have, let them have tonight and then tomorrow we can talk through it and like let people process it while they do activities. Of course. Yeah, of course. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to say anything tonight but just you know the management team and i have to have a conversation tonight so just gut feelings um i feel like my gut feelings and i think manika uh like is manika of the people that she talked to which i think were predominantly like listening to brad because brad is taking up air that i don't have to then take up of course and like I think I think Trish is very similarly. I think like well, I can tell you like I talked to you know Brad and Trish a lot tonight. Like I listened to them, and I feel like you know if we're if we're laying out people that I think are are I it sounds it sounds morbid to say safe, but like I feel like they've really invested a lot. And I mean Brad, you know Brad lives and breathes like he's out here. I think he's a I think he's a valuable asset. And Trish, I think you know I. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to doubt how important the work that she's doing is. So it's, uh, I think there's, there's some people that there's some people to consider, but I think there's some people that are really invested in that this job means something too. That's great. Thank you. I I really appreciate that. We'll, we'll keep that her, in mind. Her skin is crawling. <laughs> he like reaches out and he like pats you on the shoulder. <sighs> and then he, uh, he heads off to join the rest of the management team in their own car and you all arrive back uh to to this this condo for the night um everyone has been it's basically 
it's very much a how many how can we fit all the people we needed to be here in the number of rooms that we have available mm -hmm. uh which means it's a lot of like bunk bed situations here mm -hmm. uh and everyone's been assigned to a room and the three of you are are in the same room on the second floor um and you've each been given you know a key to the room and and the management team doesn't you know the management team's staying somewhere else right uh so so you and your your handful of other coworkers who are here for this uh all head back and you've sort of got the evening to yourselves. Is there anything that you all are looking to do before headed to bed or is it just, you know, hit the hay, get ready for tomorrow? I think I am I think I'm looking around a little bit. Like I think like I kind of I think the second conversation with Andy kind of put a fear in me that like, you know, I kind of got to got to give them something, so I think I'm like not i think i'm like i i'm i spend a little bit of time around like the social circles to listen to see if i catch anybody um like overtly and specifically unhappy sure because i'm like if I, if at least it can be somebody that like actively hates what they're doing then maybe this can be a mercy sure um i think you overhear a conversation between two what position are they in um I don't know what their exact job titles are, but I think they basically do, like, data entry and things like that. Uh, two of your coworkers, one whose sure. name is is Connor McKenzie, and the other of whom is Mia Calhoun. Uh, and Mia... Mm, no, I think it's Connor. Connor is definitely, like, can't believe I have to be here this weekend. I, like, had other stuff I wanted to be doing. But, you know, I really need this job, so I can't... But I don't know. I just, like... I keep thinking about applying for other jobs. I really, I really don't like it. Um, Mia's sort of like, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not great, but you know, it pays the bills. And they're sort of having like a quiet conversation off to the side with probably they've stopped somewhere along the way back here to get a couple more drinks mm -hmm. to bring back with them since they only had one at dinner. And so you, you see the two of them, uh, you overhear the two of them chatting. And I, I quietly, like, grab my phone and make a note, write down their names, and I'm like, if it comes, I, I'm, only if it comes up, only if it comes up, only if it comes up. And I'm going to, like, go back, and at that point, I'm going back to the room. All right. Trish, what about you? Do you have any evening plans here? I think Tr Trisha is probably the type of person who uh, is, like, cordoned off in their department, so she doesn't often get to interact with the rest of the company. Part of the reason being that their schedules don't really match. The other part being is that she's far more interested in talking about herself than anyone else. So I think she's just kind of roaming around and just talking herself up to anyone who will listen. Of course. Um, I think you find, like, there's a nice little, like, balcony party on the second floor with a couple of your coworkers. There's a, uh, a guy named Huxley Mullins and a, a woman named Tabitha Kaufman who, uh, who are sort of, of hanging out there talking and are are more than willing to, at least for a little while, listen to you talk about yourself, if you so choose. I very specifically kind of lean into the aperture and essentially hold them hostage. <laughs> Perfect. And then eventually, probably pretty late, the two of them are like, all right, well, you know, we gotta get some sleep before the big day tomorrow. And kind of like awkwardly edge their way around you to get back inside. And at that point, pretty much everyone is, is headed back to their rooms. Uh, Brad, what about you? Well, 
Yeah, Brad pretty much would be bouncing around having conversations with people and doing the thing where he'll talk to one person about a certain specific thing that he wanted to then name drop someone else he talked to. Like, I just got, I talked to such and such about this thing and we both feel this way, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then from whatever that conversation bounced to the next conversation and like name drop how, and so it all, it's just trying to make myself look like I'm, doing everything i possibly can for the company yeah and so even if it's kind of half throwing people under the bus because they were like got trapped in a conversation but we talked about that point so it was clear conscience for me to talk about how i had that conversation with such and such and once it got to late in the evening where most people were gone Knowing that I had we're doing this retreat, I'll probably work on scheduling the tweets to automatically go off the next couple of days since I knew I mm-hmm. wouldn't be available to do it myself. Of course. And then probably read a chapter or two from whatever the latest self help book that I bought <sighs> and probably fell asleep uh in the on the book. All right. So at about three in the morning. Uh, which of you would say is the latest sleeper? I feel like Trisha doesn't sleep, period. So you then, perfect. Um, at about three in the morning, Trisha, you hear some muffled voices from the hallway, and it sounds like somebody is arguing. Um, you can't quite make out the words. It sounds like there are maybe a couple of doorways down, either just inside the doorway or or out in the hall itself. And then you hear three noises in sort of quick succession. You hear a door open, you hear what sounds like the beginning of a scream, and then you hear a very loud thud. What do you do? I mean, you know what? It sounds like something I gotta check out, and by I gotta check it out means I need somebody to go check it out while I watch them from safety. So I think I'm gonna try to rouse Brad. Oh. Yeah, and Brad would do it. It's like, of all the talking Brad does, it's always different with Trish because he always looks guilty about something. And so half the time, he just does what Trish tells him to do because it's like he's just that he had, he, something happened before and he's guilty about it. And so he kind of just, you know, like he's trying to make up for whatever it was. He goes, and I, I, I think once I think once uh, Trish wakes up, Brad probably I because I kind of picture Monika as like very fitfully sleeping. You normally like a pretty deep sleeper, like normally like you know five o'clock comes and she's not looking back. But I think like tonight, I think that there's it was kind of like a lot of like lying in bed, drifting off for twenty minutes, and then kind of like waking up from a half stressed dream of having to talk to a boss about like someone should be let go and. Like, the look on that boss's face of, of like, like, so I think, like, there's kind of a, a, once Trish has woken Brad up, there's definitely, like, a moment of jostling of, like, um, Monika definitely kind of is, like, jolted awake. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Trisha, Trisha isn't quiet. She doesn't realize that, like, you know, her whisper is her inside voice. Brad, Brad, get up. There's a weird noise out there. Uh, what? Uh. Um, mm, mm. Oh, I drooled in my book. I try try to wipe it off my shirt. What? What? Yeah, there's a weird thud, and I think I heard somebody scream. Where? Like right around the corner. Oh, oh my! Don't doesn't anyone? Oh, 
I, you want me to look? Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, go check I it was, out. Yeah. Oh, huh, what if yeah. it's like that movie where the all, all the workers start offing each other to fight for the higher position? I, I'm pretty sure that's not a thing. Uh, but <sighs> I look for something to pick up because I say it's not a thing, but Brad deep down is not thinks. What if it is? And looks for something at all, like and he finds like a letter opener. <laughs> and he kind of clutches it as he goes to check out the sound. Where where did you say the sound was again? Uh, it was like down that away, a couple doors down. Well, well, yeah, I'll I'll check it out. Uh, oh, I, wait, wait, wait! I got I got something for you. Oops, sorry, I'm I'm a little out of it. I got I got something for you. And she reaches into her bag and pulls out an airplane bottle of Malibu and like tosses it underhand. Like here you go. <laughs> I bobble it, but I but catch it. Uh, uh, in this out of nowhere, like you know, I I've just got to start getting the safe driver discount. I'm not asking you. I'm not asking you to drive an eighteen wheeler. I'm just oh, saying I'm if just, you want. I mean, you, it's, uh, I just thought you. Okay, I'll go look. I, and I go look. All right, you head out into the hallway. It is pitch black. It is so dark. There are no. There's like there's no light coming in from outside in the in the window in the balcony. It is it's cloudy enough to be very dark outside. There are no lights on anywhere, so it's hard to make out anything. You don't see any people in the hallway. I think you can just start to make out that one of the doors down the hallway is open. Okay. Well, I will take my phone and turn flashlight mode on, and then hold it next to the knife like I see in cop shows when they hold the light flashlight next to their gun. Yeah, tactical pose. Yeah. Very effective when and, your weapon is a letter opener. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making my way to, down to have a look and just as quietly as I can because it's like, it's like I'm trying to, in my mind, I'm trying to tell myself it's because I don't want to wake anyone up unnecessarily. But in reality, it's like I'm afraid that Something bad's going to happen to me, which I wasn't thinking about until someone mentioned the thing. All right, you make your way down this hallway, and from the light of your flashlight, it's it's hard to make anything out. What I'm going to need you to do is I'm going to need you to roll me a study. So when you carefully observe a person, thing, or situation, roll plus sharp. So Brad, what is your stat for sharp? All right, so my stat for sharp, I believe, is a zero, but I need to make sure. Yeah, zero. All right, so go ahead and roll 2d6 plus zero. I rolled a six. All right. On a six or below, ask one question from the list and the GM will add a complication. Your questions are, what here should I be worried about? What here might be useful to me? And what is about to happen? What here might be useful to me the thing that might be useful to you you're walking towards this and you've got your flashlight and you're sort of pointing your flashlight up um sort of like around eye level and you step in something and you can feel your foot slip a little bit and it feels wet and it feels sticky and you point your flashlight down at your foot and there's nothing there but when you point your flashlight away from it and you feel it 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 feels like there's some sort of sticky, viscous liquid on your hand and on your, your foot. But when you point your the flashlight from your phone at it, 
you can't see anything. You can still feel it, but you can't see anything. Okay. I I look behind me to see where Trish is. Did anyone follow me or did I come down here by myself? Hmm. I follow from a safe distance. I probably followed like not far behind or like probably probably next to probably next to Trish. I'm probably standing there in my like standing there in my PJs arms crossed and like watching ha- still like half asleep and half thinking about other things but like now that i'm seeing you start to react like i'm starting to kind of wake up and and, and zoom in a little bit so i think the thing here that is is useful to you brad is uh i think what's useful here to you is is one the knowledge that there whether or not you can see it there is something on the floor here but also the fact that you can feel something but with your flashlight you can't see it sort of gives you the idea, and I don't know how much Brad would would believe this, but I think it does occur to him that you can't trust what you're, you can't trust your eyes right now, or you can't trust the light here right now, or something like that. Okay. And then, since I get to add a complication here, a light turns on in the in the common space behind the three of you, all of a sudden. And you can see that uh, Carrie Mason the representative from HR who is here, uh, looks like she's just just coming inside from outside. She's, like, taking a light jacket off. She's turned the hallway light on. Not the hallway that you're in, but sort of the next hallway over that leads from the door into the common space. And she looks down the hallway, and she, she says, Oh, you're, you're all awake. I'm sorry. I, I thought I was being quiet. Did I wake you all up? No, no, sorry. I, we heard a noise. Thought we'd pop over and check it out. You know, uh spooky hotel and all that <laughs> right well i'm sure everything's all right you uh you should get some sleep yeah uh yeah i just want to check something out real quick and i i when when i move my foot through it do i still feel it is this i don't see it yes and actually i think that now that there's some light coming in just a little bit filtering in from that hallway uh you can see that it it, it looks like some sort of dark liquid hey uh somebody come look at does this look like i don't know can someone take a look at this yeah 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 what's up what the the hell is that i I don't know i i put my hand in it and bring it to my face to smell it uh it's blood and then i immediately then take my cell cell phone flashlight and aim it at my hand there's nothing on your hand. Did you see that? Did you see that? I think I see. I, I also haven't really been sleeping at night, so, like, I think I see it. But, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily. Well, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, I see it. Yes, of course I see it. What? Yes. Well, I'm just going to follow the blood. It's like, it's just weird. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go look. I follow the trail of blood. Yeah, um, there's not so much a trail as there is, like, a spot here, and then there's sort of a a spot. You think you can make out a spot kind of back in the direction you came from towards the, the door out of here. Um, towards where, where, where Carrie has just... Did I... Carrie or Kelly? What did I just call her? Uh, uh, Carrie. Uh, Carrie. It is Carrie. Carrie. Okay, good. I don't know. I wrote that name, and it has not once stuck in my head. I have to look at it every time. <laughs> The truest HR name is the name that you immediately are like, was it? Exactly. <laughs> Kelly? 
<laughs> um, the, it, towards the door that Carrie has just come in from. So the door sort of back out outside. And the other thing I think that you notice, and, and maybe it's Manika that notices this because you're over by the door and haven't started kind of following the, the blood here, is that uh, there, there's still two people sleeping inside this room, but the third bed here is empty. Huh. All right, then. That's... Hey, 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 Trish. You talk, you talk to people. Do you remember who was supposed to be sleeping here? I kind of just talk at people. Nah, yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, did, Carrie, did you you did you book these hotels? Um, I, I well, I Phil took care of all of the, you know, the details. Um, there's a she kind of looks over her shoulder back at the counter with this tablet that Phil had been checking people in on. She says, "There's a um, we have a, a list here. I could look." Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, that sounds great. Let's let's go look at the list. Uh, and she sort of, like, unlocks this tablet and opens up the list. Uh, and in that room uh, were supposed to be uh, three people. Mia Calhoun, Tabitha Kaufman, and uh, and Ava Marie Hume in sales. Uh, and you you know these people, and I think you can sort of tell from looking in the room that, that Tabitha and Ava are both still there. Uh, the person who appears to be missing is is Mia Calhoun. Mia, Mia, I think I talked to her, um, I can't remember where, where she, she was data entry or something? Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, okay, um, um, I'm gonna go back to bed, I think, um, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like things are starting to fall into place, and, uh, I think it's for the best if all of us went back to bed. And let Mia, in whatever bed Mia happens to be in, enjoy the rest of her night. You're not concerned about... And I just kind of don't even complete the sentence, just wave my hand in the general direction of where that blood was. And I pause for a second, and I... It's late. We've been enjoying an evening. There have been drinks. I'm gonna go to bed. And we'll 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 talk this through in the morning. I'm feeling like there's a reasonable explanation for what has happened. I don't want to get into details, but this is a, a lot. Is is this is I, I, this is this is exhaustion? And Brad, you 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 did a lot of interaction today. It's a it's a draining thing. This is exhaustion. I look back at it and you're you're probably right. I, it's probably, I just probably need to get some sleep. And if we can always call the police in the morning, if there's really anything wrong. Trish, how are you reacting? I am unconvinced, but I also have a history of, uh, some would say, overreacting. And I'm certainly not about to, like, you know, go off exploring on my own. So I think I'll, I'll begrudgingly agree with my roommates. All right. The three of you head back to your room. You, uh... I think, I think the door, I think as soon as we're back in the room, I just lean and I'm like, ah, it was, it was, it was, Con it's Connor. Wait, wait, does somebody want to go look at that tablet real quick? I should have mentioned this earlier. We should look at what room Connor McKenzie's in and just make a hundred percent sure. It doesn't make any sense, but I assume 
you have a reason so let's they were very they were they were they were talking well into the night if she's not in her bed then if 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 perhaps there happened to be four bodies in connor's room then this all explains itself four bodies okay yes do you see because there were three people and then mia would also be in the, i'm implying that they're i'm implying that they're hooking up brad <laughs> oh, oh you think i i i'm i'm think it's the best explanation that i got well yeah let's let's take a look at the tablet you guys head back out to where this tablet is on the counter carrie doesn't seem to to be there anymore you're not sure where she went at this point um and the, and the tablet's there it's locked it's got a passcode can i try to crack it sure Give me a take a risk with sharp for for mental acuity. Uh, is your take a risk wounded? Yes. Oh no, it's unwounded. Okay, great. So go ahead and give me a standard take a risk plus sharp. Two d six plus what's your sharp? Uh, one. All right, two d six plus one. That is a five. On a six minus, the risk turns out badly. The GM will describe how. You are attempting to unlock this, to, to crack this, this tablet, to get into this tablet. Uh, and the funny thing is that, I don't know, what's your approach here? Are you, are you trying, how are you trying to get into this tablet? Yeah, uh, I'm, I think I might try, like, whatever my department's override password might be. Sure, yeah. Great news, the override password works. And you... Open up the spreadsheet that's got all the room assignments, and you look for Connor McKenzie's name, uh, and it turns out he's in he's in the room just next to to Mia, sort of in the direction of the doorway from where Mia's room is. And then you notice that that Mia's name, and it wasn't when you looked at it before you thought, uh, but Mia's name is in red, and all the other names on this list are written in black. And then you look again, and, and Connor's name is also in red. And there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason for why, for why that is. Uh, and then you hear a voice from behind you, and Carrie Mason says, Oh, I thought I, I left that here. Could I, could I have that back, Trish? Oh, sure. Definitely. Thanks. I'm so, you know, forgetful. It's the weekend. I lose my mind. <laughs> and she, uh, she takes it from you. And she says, well, you three should, uh, you three should get some rest. Big day tomorrow. I'll see you in the morning. And she's sort see of you like... See morning, Carrie. Seems as if she's waiting for you all to head back to your rooms before she leaves. Where, like, the administration desk, right? Yeah, in the sort of common area. Uh, as we head back to rooms, I'm just gonna try to surreptitiously pocket some pens. Alright. Is anyone not headed back to their rooms? I'm gonna go back. Yeah, I'm heading back to the room. So you're back to your room again. It's uh, it's almost four in the morning now. Are y'all gonna try to get back to sleep? Yeah, these all the doors lock, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I'm definitely locking my door. Not that I, like I'm super paranoid. I mean, I definitely would have like half slammed and locked it while we were through, and then just let everyone know it's like, hey, uh, Mia and Connor's names were red, and everybody else's weren't. Oh, fuck. they said they weren't gonna do it tonight. Oh, fuck. oh, 
Uh, do, what? I, do what? Trisha immediately goes wide eyed because she's not sure what you mean by that. They. Uh, no, no, I. And I, I slink into the pit. They said, oh, um, okay, you go. You both got to swear to secrecy right now. I'm a man of my word. I would never tell anyone. It's. I mean, it's June. It's the end of the fiscal year. It's layoff season. So it's. And then they were, yeah, and so I'm guessing, if those names are in red, I'm guessing those people were sent home with a severance check. What? Are they going to, we're here to be fired? I don't, I, I, yes, well, some of us, some of, some of you, I don't know, maybe some of us, I don't know, I don't exactly trust anything anybody's saying at this point, but layoffs are happening this weekend, y'all. But like you, you don't have any say in it. Uh, like, they t- they told me to keep an eye, just really keep an eye out and check in on everybody. They told me just to keep an eye out and check in on everybody and kind of let them know who was malcontent. And I'm like rolling my eyes and like my face is slowly like hardening as I'm just getting really like getting more and more disgusted as I say it. Like they told me they they told I don't know why I'm using euphemisms. They told me to. They told me to be a fucking stool pigeon. They told me to be a rat. Uh, um, uh, I've given I've given my best years to this company. It's like I I was I'm so close to getting out of software testing. It's like you can't fire me. It's like you know me. I'm a I'm a hard worker. I look. I don't have any say in it. I will say that I vouched for the two of you as pretty good fits because, frankly. I kind of like having two people around to take the attention off me. I'm not going to say that my decision was perfect, but I stand by it. So I vouched for the both of you. Uh, but Thanks. I, I appreciate it. You know, we go way back. Yeah, we, so we, I'm sure, sh- yeah, that, whatever you say, Brad. It's just, I'm going to get some sleep. Tomorrow's going to be a rough day. Keep your heads on a swivel. If If Carrie comes to talk to you, put on your bravest face. Okay, this that's good advice. I, I I need to wash my hands. Head hits the pillow. Zero sleep happens. Trish, what's your reaction to all of this? It, it's indignation that I would even be on this trip if the if the point was to like weed out people for layoffs because who else is gonna do the web development? <laughs> then the other one is like, like it's weird that uh, you know, they went missing. I feel like there would have been a bigger deal if somebody was fired. So, like, in the back of my head, I'm still like, yeah, something fishy. But then it's just, like, paranoia. Now it's like, oh, shit. Like, I'm going to have to throw a bunch of people under the bus. If, like, Connor and me are getting fired for shacking up, then, you know, just start outing everybody who's shacking up in the office. <laughs> I'm like, I probably won't get any sleep either, because just on the off chance, I'm going to update my portfolio. <laughs> Hit that LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah. Brad's probably going to spend, like, 15 minutes washing his hands and then start going through his work email trying to make sure he didn't all his work's done <laughs> and i think i think there is a moment where i leak back to trish and i'm like hey if you like have a skill that like you really want endorsed like do you wake me up that's fine it'll take me two seconds <laughs> yeah this is a pack now i'll endorse everything and you do the same i just Word. put you down for leadership <laughs> i don't know if you're a good <laughs> leader but i'm assuming <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna mark you for 
Did you put innovate? Innov- I'm gonna mark you for innovation. Do you think that's that feels fine? Right? Yeah. I'm so right. innovative. It's there's a there's a 24 hour limit on endorsements though. So well, uh, I'm gonna mark you for innovation for now, and then we'll get we'll we'll keep this moving as we go. You and me. That goes for you too, Brad. If you have like I don't know if you need skills in software or whatever, like you know we we can endorse. That's a kind of keep that web going. I put you down for motivational speaking just because I don't feel like anybody else has that on theirs. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. I, I I I joined the DNI group about a month ago. I've been to like one of the meetings, so can I put that on my resume? I would. <laughs> oh, pro tip: put that you were Time Magazine's Person of the Year in 2006 because that year they made everyone Person of the Year. Yeah, that's a really great. Also, <laughs> uh, re- also put down that you can juggle. No one asks about it. And frankly, it always catches their attention because the only time they're going to ask about it is if they have juggling balls. And then you have to question, like, you have a manager that had juggling balls. It's like I'm eating all of this stuff. Like, it's super (laughs) useful information. Take a note. Trish, as you're you're having this conversation and simultaneously working on your portfolio, uh, you get a text message. Um, It's from an unknown number and there's a, a photo attached to it. Is this on, like, my personal phone or the work phone? Um, you have both? Yeah. It's on your personal phone. Spooky. I'll open it. It is a picture of the beach. Uh, it's the picture you tried to take earlier of of the body that you saw that then wasn't there anymore. Except the body is there. And except, uh, it, it wasn't taken, you know, six hours ago, eight hours ago a couple you know two hours before sunset or whatever it looks like it was taken right now uh at the moment am i the only one still up or is everybody else still up i probably fell asleep at the keyboard i'm fitfully sleeping i think i'm i'm you're you're seeing me toss and turn a lot i think i'm gonna try to save the picture and uh, like make sure the door is still locked all right the door is still locked you can you can save the picture to your personal phone. Yeah, I, I'll save the picture and then I think I'll uh, I'll tremble. I'm not going out there. All right, morning arrives. You're all set to uh, to meet up with the group for breakfast at eight thirty. Uh, I don't know who has alarms set or what, but the sun comes up. I think it like I think I sit up and I look. I looked at Trish and I looked at Brad to see if either of the two of you slept because I don't feel like I really slept. Trish has been just pounding energy drinks. She hasn't slept. Brad is probably has an alarm that's actively going off and is still like unconscious at the the hotel desk with his laptop. Hey, hey Trish, did you bring enough to share? Oh yeah, I, I doubled up because I wasn't sure how bored I was going to be, and I think I'll I'll just kind of prop open like a duffel bag just full of like energy shots and i think i i think i put my duffel bag full of airplane bottles of booze <laughs> next to you and i'm like i'm gonna write down uh i'm gonna actually i'm gonna i'm gonna make a note i'm writing it down on my notes app i'm endorsing you for what do we want to call this uh forward thinking forward thinking <laughs> and i grab one and i knock it i knock it back inadvisably fast i'll put you down for resource acquisition Damn. Damn. Right? I had to pull out the Thoris for that one. So you guys get ready, I assume? Yeah. You head to to breakfast, 
And again, Mia and Connor are not at breakfast. Yeah. Uh, Phil's there. Andy's there. Carrie's there. The rest of the uh, the rest of the retreat crew are all there, and and Mia and Connor are are not. I go like put my foot to where I thought that blood was to see if it's still there now that there's sun the sun's up. There's nothing there. Yeah, that's, I, I knew I had to be imagining it, and it's like I furtively knock on uh, Connor's door. Uh, I think one of uh, what one of the other one of your other coworkers, uh, Huxley Mullins, opens the door, and he looks like he's like running late, like he's like got a toothbrush in his mouth, is actively brushing his teeth, trying to get dressed as he's going. His alarm went off late, and he's like, "Yo, yo, what's up?" Colin, have you seen him? Connor, no, I um, Connor? he's not. I didn't. He didn't come back last night, or he wasn't, or he left this morning. I don't know. He wasn't here when I woke up. He might be down to breakfast already? Yeah, you're probably right. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. You didn't happen to see Mia, did you? Mia? No, not since dinner. Okay. Thanks. I'll let you go back to putting yourself together. All right, see you at breakfast. All right. Tell him, tell him I'm, I'm just like five minutes. I'm just five minutes late. I'll be there before I it's got over. You. I got you covered. Don't worry about it. Thanks, Brad. <sighs> he closes the door behind him. I head down the breakfast. On my way down, I'm gonna try to see if I can uh, catch a glimpse of the spot where the body would have been. Uh, yeah, so you take a look out on the beach from that that balcony that you were standing on yesterday um, when you saw it, and you don't you don't see anything on the beach. You do see what looks like some some very large birds circling around in the air above it. Uh, probably three, four, maybe five of them. It's hard to say from this distance. Um, and you notice that there is a, a cell phone on the, the ground on this balcony. Like someone's dropped a phone. I'll snatch it. Yeah, you pick it up. Um, do you try to unlock it or are you just pocketing it? I'll try to unlock it on my way to meeting everybody. But as soon as I start getting near there, I'm just going to pocket it. Sure. Are you Are you putting in a password? Are you... Does this look like a personal phone or one of the company phones? It looks like a personal phone. I'll try to open it. I'll try the, the tried and true method of just uh, putting in password. It opens. Uh, and I think you can tell from looking at it, just from a sort of brief glance, that this is Connor's phone. And there's an unread message on it. And it it's from Mia. And it just says, HELP. In all capital letters. And it's unopened, right? Or like op- unop- it's unopened. unopened oh, but I can read, see like the like the preview and the notification bar. So I think it's like you couldn't see it when the phone was locked because the preview had already been seen. Okay, but the message itself had not been opened. Okay, so but do I see help without having to open it? Just because if I I don't if in case I don't want. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah so I'll I'll just note that through the preview screen. I don't want to open it so that you know whoever's on the other end doesn't get the your message has been opened thing. Sure, yeah. Uh, I'll pocket it, but I'll I'll silence it however I can, just so it doesn't go off accidentally. Okay. Uh, the three of you make your way down to, to breakfast. There's, uh, you know, Phil is, like, giving some sort of animated speech about all your, your team-building activities, about the agenda for the day. You know, there's going to be breakfast. You'll break out into, you know, into breakout groups to, to do some 
icebreakers and then uh you know everyone will meet back here for lunch at a certain time and then you'll be breaking out into different groups that kind of of thing are all of you sort of of listening attentively or you know the room is big enough that you can sort of have a a quiet conversation while he's talking if you want I think I, I listen just long enough for him to, like, be like, here, we're breaking down the schedule, and then I'm gonna, like, uh, fine, like, kind of turn back towards, I assume the three of us are sitting together, I don't know if we, I assume, uh, if not, I'm gonna, like, get up to kind of get, grab some of the all-you-can-eat continental breakfast, and then kind of come back and sit there. I assume there's an all-you-can-eat continental breakfast, I should- Of course. Of course. Yeah, I <laughs> I, when I come in, I make sure to let Phil know that uh, Huxley had some something come up, and so he'll be here soon. Uh, I, I, this coffee is great. I'm like I pulled an all nighter trying to get some extra work done, and I, which was completely cut off what he was saying to the group. <laughs> He's like, great, great. Thanks, thank you so much, Brad. Thank you. All right, great, great. Thumbs work. up to Phil. Anyway, so after lunch, you'll be moving into your secondary breakout, Granny continues on. And so I, 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 I take my cornflakes and I sit down with Trish and Brad. I, like, I gesture Brad over, and when Trish gets in, I gesture her over. And we're all just sitting. Yeah, I, had, I, I just get a bran muffin and a cup of coffee. I've got like three coffees and whatever the, the sugariest pastry there was. Some some apple danishes yeah. or something like that. I have a bowl of cornflakes and a bowl of just meats, <laughs> bacon's and sausages because I'm like it's the it's the it's the I know deep down it's the most expensive thing that they're putting out. <laughs> I respect no. the grift. And Brad just thinks you're on an Atkins dolly. <laughs> completely <laughs> neglects the fact that you have a bowl of cereal. <laughs> so did anybody else sleep last night? Because I didn't sleep great last night. Don't even worry about last night. I just found Connor's phone. They fuck. They took his phone. They come on, like, really? yeah, come on. Uh, you, at least let him keep the. F you make two million of them a year. At least let him keep the nice no, no. phone. So I he, and he had a text from me that said help, but he hadn't opened it. I caught the preview. Oh, help! Help! Uh, help! The hell? Maybe she's. You need help with some work. That's all. She would ask Connor, cousin. Connor doesn't do anything. He he really, really doesn't, is the thing. It's just like, I can't willingly say someone else doesn't work, because then they might get back to them, and I don't. I can't have people not like me. The boy, the boy loves this. The boy loves making his podcasts, but it really takes his attention away from the work itself. I, I, I can understand that. It's like, you... you you have to decide between two loves. Uh, so, um, have you tried texting back? No, I, I, I even made sure not to open it because I, you know, if I just found Connor's phone laying around, where's Mia's? Does somebody else have it? I don't want them to know I opened Connor's phone. Uh, and I like lean forward because, like, if they're shacking up, maybe he's just dropped it in the moment or something. Or maybe it's a code word. But is it like they're safe? Well, if they're shacking up, I don't want to see their messages. That's fair. No, that's true. You don't want to get that's true. That's oversharing. Uh, kind of want to see it now. <laughs> I'm admittedly curious. I'm gonna. I'm trying to be respectful, but I'm admittedly curious. I, 
I mean, I can look and I just tell you what it says, and you didn't do anything wrong, right? Yeah, that's my true. conscience that's would true. be clean. Brad, Brad is a chronic oversharer. It says it in the performance evals. I mean, I don't. I've never seen <laughs> what. <laughs> don't worry about it. I, you unlock. Yeah, it's unlocked, and I'll just slip it to Brad. I, I open. I click on it. They uh, they don't have a text history. They they have a brief text history, probably from like. The first day one of them started working here, like, like welcome to. It's, no, it's like his only message from Mia before is a text from her being like, "Hey, this is Mia. Thanks for giving me your number," and then nothing else until last night at around three thirty a.m. It just says help. This because I Brad can't help himself. He types back, "Help with what? Send." You wait uh, a few seconds. Almost a minute, and then you get the like red notification, and then the like dot 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 of 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 Mia typing. Uh, she, she's typing back. The anticipation. After about a minute of typing, a message comes through, and it says, "Being held hostage somewhere downstairs. Help." It's like I drop the phone and it, like bangs on the table really well. Phil looks up from the speech he's giving and is like, hey, everything all right over there? You guys okay? Just excited. Just really got a uh, saw spider. You know how it is. Great. He like, gives you yeah, a thumbs spider. up. Big smile. Love that enthusiasm. <laughs> this guy, am I right? <laughs> it's like I, my jaw is half hung down and I have not recovered from it. And I just look. Yeah, as soon as Phil looked over, I, I like slammed half a Danish in my mouth and just gave him a thumbs up. <laughs> Fork sausage. All right. So anyway, then after the second breakout rooms, we'll all meet back up for a little coffee break, you know. And he continues on with this this scheduling agenda speech. So what do what 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 do we do? I mean, she's in the basement. We have to do something. You're not wrong. I, I mean. I don't want to, you know, I don't want anyone calling me Karen, but I think we should call the police. Let's, let's, let's break out. We'll, we'll head out in between before our first breakout session. And we'll just break away from the group for a minute. Head downstairs. I'm sure it's nothing. I'm sure it's a joke or I'm sure it's a thing that they're doing together. You're right. It's, that makes sense. It's probably just a prank. So we'll just we'll break away, get assigned to your groups, go run. Say you're going to run to the restroom, grab something from the room, whatever you want to do, and we'll we'll meet on the door to the basement. I don't think I'm safe for trust falls. That's you know what? My, like my hands are shaking. I'm definitely not feeling like I I want to participate in a ropes course right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to sit through the the privacy and confidentiality in web services. Because I've told Phil like 10 times, I wasn't the one who told everybody about Karen's condition. That was Carol from HR. Look, I, look oh my god. I, oh, okay. I, I don't mean to scare everyone, but they just brought out the, they just brought out the appreciation, the, the appreciation wands. Oh god. I'm oh. saying even, even if, even if this is not true, I'd rather investigate the hostage crisis than have to point the wand at someone and tell them why I appreciate them. So are you all cool with this plan? 
Because if not, I am. If not, I am going rogue. This is, it's like I realized I wanted to say, but this is the part I was looking forward to, and I read the room. <laughs> Phil claps his hands and goes, "All right, so we're just gonna count off real quick. One, two, three. One, two, three. When I point to you, say your number." And he points to you, Brad. One, two, three. My, Brad. I have an upset stomach. I need to go, and I like just awkwardly walk out the room. You don't think there's something wrong with the sausage, do you, Phil? Must Fork be. and sausage, sausage in mouth. <laughs> All right, Monika, you want to be number one? Sure do. And he counts off the rest of everybody into into evenly split groups. He says, "All right, meet meet up with your group in your respective one, two, three corners in five minutes." All right, we got five. We got five minutes to run. To, uh, Trish, run to the room. Yeah, let's go. And uh, we're gonna dash to the room, grab Brad, and I, I think run to the basement. All right. So the basement is not difficult to get into. Um, there's like a kind of staff service staircase that leads down to the to the floor below the sort of main floor here. And so the three of you do not have any trouble getting yourselves down there. And in fact, um, you also don't have a lot of trouble finding where you think Mia might be. Because there are only a couple of, of doorways down here, and one of them is visibly bolted shut. Um, there seems to be like a big bolt lock on the outside that has a padlock on it. And based on sort of the other doorways here, it seems like a pretty strong guess that if someone's actually being held hostage down here, that's probably where she is. What do you do? I guess we gotta get in that door. I mean, or maybe we knock? I mean, I don't, that sounds like a terrible idea. What, does any, any I mean, Trish, Brad, any, anything, 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 anything? I, I saw a YouTube thing on how they, these door these locks are pretty easy to open. At least they look like it on YouTube. Might be able to just pick the lock. Okay, yeah, let's uh, let's give that a shot. You want? Do you want to? Do you want to walk us through the process, or do you just want to take the take the wheels? I like pull up the video. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hand Brad one of my bobby pins. Yeah, I was like, can you like try to hold? I'm like trying to use I, the bobby pin I, in one I, hand. I, I, I grab the phone and I'm like holding it real steady, and I'm like, see this, everybody, everybody. I want this noted. This is. This is cross-team collaboration. That's a key endorsement. I won't endorse you for that. And I, right, I say as I'm wiggling the bobby <laughs> pin around in the... All right. So trying to open this lock sounds to me, Brad, like a take a risk when you attempt something risky. Uh, and it sounds like picking a lock based on a YouTube tutorial is probably sharp. It probably requires mental acuity, right? Okay. Um. So your take a risk move is wounded. Yeah. Your take a risk move is wounded because you had uh, you were in a life or death situation previously. Do you want to tell us briefly about the life or death situation that you were in? Yeah, so it's it's not something Brad's particularly proud of, but he was on his way into the office and there was like a big project coming up and he was trying to get some answers um, on his drive over and he was kind of texting while driving. And kind of, sort of ran an intersection, and car just just barely missed him, except for that driver ended up badly injured. And so it was just like I was probably a fraction of a second of probably having been t-boned by a car, and I was just pure luck that I survived without any scars. But yeah. Yeah. 
So when you take a risk, your move is slightly different from everybody else's. Specifically, when you roll, uh, take a risk with either quick or sharp, you roll with one fewer. So your sharp is zero, and you'll take a minus one. So you'll be rolling 2d6 minus one for this take a risk. All right. Oh, I rolled a nine, so it's eight. So an eight. On a seven and nine, there's a complication. The GM will give you a tough choice. The, the tough choice here, uh, you manage to, to pick this lock. It's not quite as easy as you think it's going to be from having watched it. It's like, it's, it's one thing to watch a YouTube video of someone explaining how to pick a lock and another thing to pick a lock when you've never done it before. Because, like, you can't see what's happening inside the lock. You're kind of going by feel. And, and so it takes you a little longer, but you do manage to do it. You pop this padlock off. You know, you, you, you remove the bolt from the door. You open up the door. And inside, there, uh, there's a, a chair, and there's a person tied to the chair, and it's Mia. And just as you open the door and see this, the three of you hear the clack of heels on the concrete floor coming from the staircase towards you. What do you all do? Is there anywhere else to hide? Not really. I mean, there are a couple other doors here but there you'd have to go like back out into the hallway and across it to get into any of them so if someone else is in the hallway they'd they'd see you are there any bricks metal objects anything uh just laying around sure why not what do you want there to be uh brick brick is good sure yeah just a just a just a just a hunk or even not even so much a brick as just like a hunk of wall that has fallen off sure big heavy rock yeah big piece of concrete yeah absolutely i'm just gonna grab a rock and like head to the inside of the room and like lean up against a wall and and just get as flat and flat as i can hold the rock in front of me and like kind of like look at it like i i don't know what's the best way to it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it doesn't matter yes so brad's gonna suggest you hide and i'll try to talk to whoever's coming maybe i can get them to go away so i'm gonna hide on the inside wall like the the door and like right next to it so what they walk in like okay with the rock great yeah i think i'll hide on the opposite side uh of the wall okay on the opposite side of the door from where manika is okay um, so you two hide, and I think there's a, there's a moment where, where Mia sort of makes eye contact with you, uh, and, and the two of you, Trisha and Monika, you can see that she's like, she looks as if she's been bleeding from a pretty nasty head wound. Um, she's not now, it looks like it's been a while, but there's like, you know, blood, dried blood sort of on her face and down like in her hair. And she sort of like looks between the two of you and goes, what are you doing here? Re- re- res- re- re- rescuing rescuing Where's you. Connor? Probably also hostage. Shit. Okay, um, okay. Uh, and Brad, as you step out into the hallway, you see Carrie Mason headed down the hallway. And a few steps behind her, you you also see Andy. The two of them sort of walking together in this direction. What do you do? I'll immediately turn around and come walk directly towards them, hoping that I can... Even if they're coming down here, if I'm down here, maybe they'll. I can get them get them to go away for a little while because if they kidnap someone, it's not like they're going to go check on them while I'm right here. So I'm going to approach them talking about how I needed to use the bathroom and I'm not comfortable using the bathroom upstairs or everyone else. So I thought I'd come down here to look for a bathroom to use in privacy. All right. This also sounds like take a risk to me. I, I, I'll give you a choice here. 
I think depending mm-hmm. on how you're doing this, this could either be sharp, requiring mental acuity, which is like coming up with an excuse fast enough, or it could be steady, which is just like having the the emotional fortitude and like steadiness to like tell a complete lie to these people in this high pressure situation. I I would go with steady because I'm going to try to use as much truth as possible. Okay. Because I did leave the room. Like, my stomach was upset. Uh, that's, that was that true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I didn't come down here to look for a bathroom, though. But I, yeah. So it's, it's a pathway. I, I'll try to do steady because I want to. I mean, I'm talking to management. We have to look them in the eyes and say things that aren't true all the time. This is not, they're not wrong. It's It's very true. All right, so your steady is a one, so give me 2d6 plus one. I rolled an eight, so a nine. All right, so on a seven and nine, there is a complication. Uh, so Carrie and Andy come towards you. You go ahead and give them this this excuse, and, and Andy says, Oh, well, um, you know, there's actually, there's a, I, I can show you where a, 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 a bathroom is if you want. There's one upstairs. Um, here, come on, come with me. Let me show you. And he sort of, like, puts uh- puts a hand on your back and starts to, like, lead you back towards the stairs. I look back at, <laughs> like, I look back at, um, Carrie, like, I got nothing, but I just, like, I have pleading, and then I, like, give up and let's go with him. All right, and, uh, and Andy leads you back up these stairs. Uh, the other two of you, Carrie opens the door and, and walks in, and she starts to walk over towards Mia, uh, and she says, oh, good, you're awake. Um. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot, I'm going to quiet, silently shoot eyes to Trish and be like, and kind of quickly gesture at the rock, like, now, now? I'll hold up a hand, like, like wait a sec, so we can maybe learn okay. more about what's going on. Uh, and Carrie continues, don't worry, it'll only be a little while longer. And she kind of glances, she looks like she's going to glance back towards the door, but she doesn't actually, like, glance all the way, so she doesn't see you guys there. But she sort of, like, inclines her head in the direction of the door, uh, and she says, I have a feeling it won't be much longer until we have a third, and then uh, then we'll be all ready. And Mia, Mia, sort of of trying not to look at the two of you, mm-hmm. g- goes, "What are you going to do with me?" And Carrie says, oh, "You don't need to worry about that. You won't feel a thing. I promise." <sighs> and she reaches into a a bag at her side and she pulls out a syringe, um, and she says. Don't worry, it's just an anesthetic, you know, you'll you'll go right to sleep. Uh, and when you wake up, it'll all be over. And she kneels down on the floor in front of Mia, and she sort of, of takes one of Mia's bound arms and sort of, of shifts it over so that she can go ahead and administer this anesthetic. Now? Yeah, now. Okay, and I'm going to, like, just run and just bash as hard as I can with this rock. All right, this is absolutely take a risk. Uh, this is very much take a risk. Very tough, much with I tough, think. yeah. So, what do you have in tough, Monika? I have my I have minus one in a tough. Minus one in tough. So, give me two d six minus one. Uh, that is a seven. That's a seven. Okay. So, in a seven or nine, there's a complication. The GM will give you a tough choice. I think. I think here's the tough choice. This can either be not effective enough, or this can be too effective. I'm gonna go too effective. All right. So, with a big block of concrete um that's gonna be two two damage so go ahead and roll two dice and tell me what you get on them okay that's a six and another six nice. um 
I, I did say I wanted yeah. it to be wow. too effective, yeah. so that, um, that works. This is going to get slightly gory for a second, I will say. Um, you are surprised at how easy it is to cave a human skull in. It feels like it shouldn't be that easy. But when you step away, your your hand and the rock that you're holding covered in Carrie Mason's blood, uh, it really feels like it shouldn't have been that easy. Ugh. Would you call this horrendous? Yeah, yes, yes, very much so. I'm going to need you to keep it together. Okay, my keep it together is wounded. Your keep it together is wounded. Tell me why your keep it together is wounded. This is from your something horrendous that you have seen before. Tell me why your keep it so, together is wounded. So I think I think part of why this is horrendous and part of why I didn't think it was so easy isn't even necessarily like that it was just, I mean, it is easier to cave a skull than than it should be. But I think part of it is also like, it was easier for me to do that to uh, an HR person or somebody in that kind of position because co- the last round of layoffs, about a year and a half ago, about two years ago, uh, I ended up in the room. It was just, they just kind of needed somebody, for, they needed managers from each department. And I watched the upper management specifically of Eureka Multinational, like, pick the, like, and it was it was a big round of layoffs. It was about a quarter of the company. And I watched them pick, and they started out very strategic. They started out with, like, well, this person, this person's role is redundant. We have, we have enough people to handle that. We've been hearing reports that, like, they're struggling to find work to do. We can cut that. But by the end of it, it was, oh, that person, I hate them. I, I don't like them. I don't like them. Cut them, cut them. That, that, they, they don't matter. And, like, I watched the professionalism and sort of the, the, the sheer, the veil of, performance and of of ethics fade from them and they just turned into picking off people they hated and petty grievances and oh that person eats too loud and like it just it haunted me like it i've never i've been afraid of being pulled into that moment literally every day since because it was such a miserable and unpleasant experience that i think you know yeah, it's easy. It's yeah, this is a heavy brick, but also I swung way harder than I was supposed to. And uh now I'm going to roll my 2d6 minus 1. That's a, that's not great. Also not great. That's a 5. All right. On a 6 minus, you black out. Yep. The GM will describe what unfortunate unfortunate circumstances you wake up in. You are completely overcome by this. You're standing there, standing over Carrie Mason, and you just, you black out. Trish, what are you doing while this is happening? You've just watched Monika kill this woman from HR with a big rock right in front of you. And Mia is unconscious in the, bound to this chair right in front of them. Would you call that something horrendous, maybe, witnessing that? I would. I I would very much so. Yeah. And you're keep it together is also wounded. Uh, why is your keep it together wounded? What something horrendous have you witnessed? Oh, we're about to drop that deep lore. Uh, so Brad had alluded to, uh, you know, kind of haphazardly causing an automobile accident. And the other car uh, in that incident that kept going was Trisha's. And she ended up, you know, kind of being unable to stop, uh, plowing through the railing and smashing into a tree. Uh, and her, you know, injury comes from, although she was wearing her belt, she basically got, like, snapped forward, 
and nearly cracked her skull against the steering wheel. All right. So go ahead and roll your keep it together. What do you have in steady? Also minus one in steady. Yes. So go ahead and roll keep it together. All right. That's an eight. So minus one, that's seven. Okay. On a seven and nine, you have to get out of here now. The GM will describe how you lose control and flee. I think seeing all of this is just completely overwhelming. And the the door is still open behind you. And I think, without really thinking, you just... I think the thought is that you you need fresh air. And you run. You run back out. You run up the stairs. You run outside of this building and, and onto the beach. And you don't realize until you're there that you're running directly towards that spot where you thought you saw the body yesterday. And there are vultures circling overhead. Brad, uh, Andy has led you upstairs, uh, shown you very kindly to a bathroom. He's like, you know, just when you're ready, come back to the group. No, don't worry about it. Take your time. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it. And he, he heads back towards, towards the rest of the group, leaving you alone. What do you do? Well, I stand there long enough to make sure he goes away completely. Because mm-hmm. now I'm afraid that I'm going to go in here. I, I kind of don't really need to use the bathroom, but I'm afraid to go in the bathroom and then have the only exit be blocked by someone who I know has kidnapped someone. Right. At least one person. Mm-hmm. So when they're gone... Then I will go into the bathroom and kind of just like splash water on my on my face and try to like you know I start reciting the five uh, rules to living fearlessly to myself, trying to calm myself down. And so I, after going through the cycle about five or six times, I I finally do. I kind of like look in the mirror and tell myself that there's. You can do this. You can handle any of these situations. Whatever comes before me. Is this a hurdle? An obstacle to overcome? You can do this, Brad. Stand up, straighten things out. And then I was like, oh, crap. Carrie's went. And I like <laughs> start rushed back out to go to go see about the other two. All right. You rush back down these stairs. Uh, and I think by the time you get there. The the layout of this room has changed a little bit in that now instead of there being one person tied to a chair, uh, there are four people in the room. There's Mia tied to the chair and unconscious. There's Carrie Mason on the floor, clearly dead. And there's Manika, who is sitting on the floor as well, but is also, her arms are, are bound by, by a rope. And standing with all three of them, uh, talking on a cell phone, is Andy. I immediately stop, turn around, and go back around the corner. Who the hell is Trish? I, I'll try to listen into the conversation. Yeah. Um, give me a study, I think. You're kind of catching this conversation out of context. Um, so in order to get anything useful from it, I think a study is going to be is going to be the right move here. So go ahead and roll uh, 2d6 plus your sharp, which is zero. So just 2d6 flat. Okay. Got a seven. A seven. Okay. So on a seven... Uh, you get to ask me one of the questions from the list. What here should I be worried about? What here might be useful to me? Or what's about to happen? What's about to happen? All right. So what you hear Andy saying on the phone, it sounds like he's probably on the phone with, I think you know this, he's on the phone with Phil. Uh, you know this because he's saying Phil's name. He's like, 
sounds a little exasperated, a little not quite freaked out, but like a little on edge here. He's like, I don't know, Phil. I don't know who got in here. I don't know how they got in here. Uh, but Carrie's dead. Uh, the good news is we've got three now between the girl and and Connor and Manika, who's here for some reason. Uh, I don't know what that's about. Uh, and three should be enough. So all we need to do is get through the rest of the day without anybody else finding out or anybody else waking up. And once nightfall hits, we'll be able to complete the ritual and move on. So just keep everything calm and normal up there, please. And it sounds to you like what's about to happen is that Manika and Mia and Connor are going to be a part of some ritual sacrifice this evening, tonight. Okay. Um, but the entire time, I don't see Trish at all. Mm-mm. Or I just see the... Okay. I'm afraid to confront Andy. <laughs> so I can, I'm going to go look for Trish. All right. I know I'm trying to avoid Phil now. Um, where do you... Where is your first thought to look? Where do you go first? Well, I know she wouldn't go back to the um, retreat. I probably first I'd look in the room, and then if I don't see her there, um, I'd probably just see if she just left the place. So I guess I'd go outside after that. Sure, I think you may actually catch a glimpse of her out of uh, out of the corner of your eye as you pass that balcony again. She's she's standing out on the beach. Um, Trish, when you sort of like finally calm down. Or I don't know how calm you are, but when you finally, like, are no longer in a complete panic, again, you're out on the beach, pretty much right where you saw that that body. Uh, and there are vultures circling overhead. And there, there are people on the beach. It's early, but there are people sort of starting to come down and set up their chairs for the day, you know, get some sun before it's at its hottest, before they have to go back in for lunch. Most people are setting up much closer to the water than this spot is. Um, this is sort of halfway back the beach. Uh, and you find yourself standing there, and and something feels weird about standing there. You just you feel off. I mean, obviously you feel off because of what you've just witnessed, but just even just something about standing here feels strange. What do you do? I think once I've like achieved some semblance of calm, I think I'm gonna try to call Brad. Okay. Uh, on which phone? Ooh, you know what. No, you know, I don't think they know that. Yeah, I'll call him on the work phone. All right. You dial your work phone and, well, you go to dial your work phone and you don't have reception, which is weird because there's nothing about this place that, you know, this this is a pretty populated beachside town. There should be cell phone reception here, right? Um, But you don't have reception. That kind of makes me freak out a little more, but uh, I think I'm going to take a deep breath, then try to, to, to turn back to go into the building. All right, you start to to move back and you find that your feet feel like they're like getting stuck in the sand here. Um it it feels like your shoes are maybe stuck to something or the the sand here is 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 wet and is harder to walk through than you're expecting. You can you can walk away, but it's there's something weird yeah. going on with the sand here. Y'all yeah, start trudging back. All right, you Walk a few steps, maybe 10, 20 feet, and then the sand starts to feel normal again. And you have a little bit of a headache as you, as you start walking back towards the building. But most of the way back towards the building, you, you run into Brad, who has come out looking for you. Uh, and the two of you 
find each other probably right around the the edge of the beach where it meets up with with the road behind it. So yeah, I, uh, Trish, you come, come. We need to find some place where we can talk. Yeah, yeah. And I, I look find some place where I think we can. We won't be won't obviously be spot, spotted. And then I, I Carrie's dead. She like she was. Do you do you what happens? Carrie was talking about like maybe some kind of weird ritual, and she went to shoot something like maybe some kind of like I don't know like drug into Mia, and so Manika went to like bash her on the head with that rock to you know just knock her out so we could get Mia out. But I think she hit her harder than she thought she could, and you know once Carrie's her head just kind of burst open, I I couldn't breathe. I had to leave. Andy was talking to Phil on the phone and. You said that they had the three they needed for something tonight. Think they're, think they're gonna kill them. Like some weird ritual or something. I mean, if it's just Andy back there, we could go get Mia and Manika out. I mean, but, it's, I don't think it's just, it's like he's the only one there now, but he's not the only one involved. I mean, are you gonna, what are we gonna do? Wrestle them down and tie them up? I don't think I can bash someone in the head for a while. I mean, yeah, we could just tie him up, or we could just lock them in there. I, I guess, well, like I said, he was talking to Phil, so if we're going to do something, we probably need to do it quick before anyone else goes to help him. Yeah, we should hurry up. It's like, Brad can't take the first step. It's like he's looking at Trish as if waiting for her to make that first step. Yeah. I'll take the lead on this one. All right, so you're headed back to that room in the basement? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. On your way back into the building, you run into Phil. He says, hey, guys, you're not, are you, you couldn't find your breakout groups? They're just, oh, they're, nice. they're in the main, everyone's in one corner of the main room. Is everything okay? You guys look pale? Are you feeling all right? Andy told me you weren't feeling well, Brad. I think I had some bad sausage. Oh, that's a shame. I had some of the sausage and I feel fine. Well, anyway, you know what? Why don't you guys come back in? You know, don't worry about it. Um, You know, if you need to go lie down, take a rest, totally get it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Are, you're, are, you're not participating? Oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm making sure everyone's, you know, I'm facilitating. So it's an utterly meaningless statement, but that's what he says. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I look over at Trish, like. Like, I'm just, like, looking with, like, eyes there, like... Yeah, I'm just gonna go make sure Brad gets into the room, okay? I have to stop by anyway and get some of my migraine pills. Okay. Well, I'll see you guys in a few minutes, then. Or, Trish, I'll see you in a few minutes. I hope you feel better, Brad. Okay. Where does he go? I think he heads back into that main room. Okay, so can we get to the basement without him seeing us? Yeah, I think so. I think you can make your way to the basement, I think you get back down the stairs. And when you, I think by the time you get there, there's no sign of Carrie's body anymore. Um, it seems like Andy has maybe left the room to to move this body. And Manika is still tied up, as is Mia, both unconscious. Do you guys head right in, or what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, Trish will head right in. Yeah, I'll head in, and it's like, should I, should I pick her up as I look to Mia? Yeah, we'll just get him out of here. 
Okay. Well, Trish is small, so I think she'll pick up whoever is the smallest between uh, Monique or Mia. Okay, I'll I'll I will get Mia because she's unconscious, so she probably need like dead weight. They're both unconscious. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Mia is also tied to a chair. Um, Monika is not, but Mia is is tied to a chair. Uh, what okay. is she like restrained with? Rope. Okay. Well, I I will work on untying Mia. All right. I think that trying to get them out of here is going to be a take a risk. I think getting her untied from this chair. I'm not sure again which of these stats. I think you could probably take several of these approaches. You know, it could probably be tough if you're sort of of, of muscling through it. It could probably be sharp if you're, like, you know, trying to untie knots. Okay. How about I don't untie her from the chair and I try to pick her up with the chair and they'll be more, like, tough, That I sounds guess. tough, yes. Take the whole package. So what's your tough? One. So give me a, a take a risk plus 2d6 plus one. All right. Let's hope you're... Oh, no. I rolled a four. Ooh. So that's a five. The risk turns out badly. The GM will describe how. Trish, you've managed to pick Manika up here. That's not difficult. She's not tied to a chair. And as as Brad, as you're sort of wrestling with this like this chair and Mia tied to it, you turn around and and come face to face with Andy, whose hands uh and much of his shirt are covered in blood. His hair's messy. He's sweating a little bit. He's clearly been hauling a body around. And he sort of puts on this, like, placid smile, and he says, Oh, hi. You two weren't down here before, were you? Now, Phil sent me to come collect these two, because the door was unlocked and someone was down here. Phil sent you. Give me a take a risk. This is definitely <laughs> using sharp to... Or it, 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 could, it could be steady, I think. But this... Up to you. I prefer steady. I know. <laughs> you have a, a one instead of a minus one. Um, I can see this being steady. All right, give me a give me a take a risk with steady. So two d six plus one. Seven. All right, a seven and nine is a complication. The GM will give you a tough choice. Could I throw out something? Please, yes. I I have a. I have a pitch mm-hmm. that I would love to make to really, I think, I think, I think I have a, a, a bow to really put on this to really kind of put a, a good ending. Please. And that is, um, I think I, if it's okay, if it's okay to say that Monika, I think, wakes up a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Like, hey, Andy. Yes, Monika. I think I'm like in, I'm in, I'm in. You told me to take a look to see if there is anybody. That I felt like was a good fit. Yes. You know, I, I feel like Trish has been doing a lot of portfolio work this week. And I feel like that doesn't imply that that's somebody that's invested in the company long term. <laughs> Brad, uh, Andy looks at you and he says, well, if Phil sent you, you must be on board. And it sounds like we've got a choice to make because we need three and we've got Connor. We've got Mia. And then he looks at Monika. And he looks at Trish. And he says, Who do you think's more valuable to the company? I it's like Brad is is completely shocked by the uh more valuable. Uh by what 
um, uh, more productive, a better fit for the social life, gets their work done on time, doesn't make any trouble. Hmm. Well, if I was, if I needed to make a decision on who we probably, or who we should probably let go, like, I'd say, and I lunge at him with the letter opener. All right. This is definitely a take a risk. <laughs> I think this is quick. Okay. I know that it like it could be tough because you're attacking him, but I think this is about if you can out if you can outpace him here. Yeah, I think if I, I agree. I think if you can get to him, I think it, it ends it. Yeah. But I think it's about getting to him. Which the bad news here is that your wounded take a risk move gives you a minus one on quick, and you already have a minus one on quick. So I know. give me a two d six minus two. He's gonna roll that twelve. Ah, <laughs> uh, nope. I rolled a five minus two, so three. Oh no. Ah, uh, that's uh. He catches your arm with the letter opener, and he squeezes your wrist so tight that you have to drop it. And he twists your arm behind your back, and he like he's got you pinned basically here and he looks at you trish and he says give me that syringe if you will and you can get out of here take monday off too paid vacation Uh, i'll grab the syringe and start making my way to andy he holds his hand out for it does the syringe still have liquid in it like Mm -hmm. it's a it's a yeah can i try to like jam it in his wrist yeah, that's a take a risk. Yeah, I'll take the risk. It's a quick, which is plus one for you. Right, and like, I want to inject him with it, like when I jam him with it, not just... Yes. Yeah, I, I imagined, yes. Oh, that's a ten. A ten. So you do it. Uh, take a risk, ten. It goes as well as could be hoped. So you manage it. Uh, you You stab him in the wrist with this syringe. You inject whatever anesthetic was in there uh, from Mia. Uh, and he loses his grip on Brad, and he sort of stumbles backwards against the wall. And it seems like it's taking this anesthetic to... It's taking longer for this anesthetic to sort of move through his system, because the wrist is is a, an extremity. It's, you know, it's going to take a minute for this to, to set in. But he's stumbling to the ground, and he's sort of slouching against this wall. And he says, you, you can't do this. I'm going to pick up, I'm going to, with my hand still tied, like, pick up the letter opener. Okay. And say, and start, like, hopping towards it. Trish, get out of the way. No, but Manika, you can't do this. If we- You, you asked, you asked me to tell you who I thought was the wrong fit for the company. Do you want everyone to lose their jobs? I'm telling you, you said three. And we've got Connor. And we've got Mia. And I'm hopping towards her a little bit closer, or towards him a little bit closer, and a little bit closer. So we just need one name. You don't even know what you're- The way I see it, there's an opening in HR. Phil's, Phil's gonna love getting a promotion. And Brad's, he's not gonna say anything, he's Brad. We love you, Brad. It's like I open my mouth, but then I don't <laughs> say anything. Hey, hey Trish, could you untie my hands? Yeah, I'll untie Monika's hands. Is this like the blood right thing where if we kill the CEOs, we're the CEOs? <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> He's starting to drift out of consciousness now as this anesthetic sort of takes hold. 
And I think I'm going to I think I'm going to hold the letter opener to him and stop and say, if you two want to leave, frankly, take Monday off. Thanks. Um, <laughs> but I don't think you can kill him to, for a ritual. So. At least that's yeah. what he told Phil. Yeah, but he's pretty knocked out. Phil will be fine with it. We just need three. Okay. Do you want me to tell Phil? Um, if you could send him down, that would actually be ideal. Just kind of grab him, let him know. We're going to have a quick, we'll have a quick touch base. I'm going to pick up uh, Andy's phone and text message Phil to come down to the basement. And, uh, do you wait around for him to come? No, I'm I, I'm out of here. It's like, <laughs> I, apparently, I don't, it's like. A little above Manika your pay grade? Wears the, yeah, Monika <laughs> wears the pants in this, so I'm like. I'm kind of more afraid of her than I was of Andy, to be honest. So, so I think, um, yeah, I think I just turned to Trish and I'm like, hey, Trish, how do you, how do you feel about HR? I hate HR. How do you feel about, how do you feel about, man? how do you feel about being a manager? That could be cool. I won't get anything done, but. Hey, HR never does. <laughs> <laughs> but I think from there, we, um. We sort of zoom out and we get the rest of this in a sort of a montage. Mm -hmm. Phil comes down, sees what's going on. We see you, Manika, having a, a touch base with Phil. Uh, <laughs> it looks very stock photo. <laughs> it looks very stock photo. <laughs> he, he looks shocked at first, but then he quickly sort of, of, of nods in agreement. And then we see the sun going down on the beach. In that same spot where Trish saw the body earlier, and we see Manika and Trish and Phil, each carrying one of these bodies, Mia and Connor and Andy, towards that spot, that spot of sand with the vultures circling overhead. And as you put the bodies down on the sand, a figure seems to form in the clouds overhead. It seems to get stormy all of a sudden. And, and Manika... You, standing in the middle, with Trish on one side, and with Phil on the other, hear a voice in your head. And it says, You seek the horospects? Give me the bodies, and I will tell you the future that lies ahead. And there's just that close-up shot of just like a long smile forming on my face. And I think we cut to black. Because what good horror movie doesn't end with a woman smiling sinisterly into the camera? <laughs> and I think the closing credits are a collection of, like, it is a collection of, again, very stock photo looking uh, team building, ex all of the team building exercises. <laughs> and it's just showing it, just showing it. Oh, man, could there also be a clip from the YouTube for Brad after the event? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Tell it's, us about it's this specifically, clip. Please, please. So he's saying, like, right, this weekend, I learned sometimes you have to learn to let go in order to live fearlessly. So remember, sometimes when there's people in your lives that are dragging you down, you need to cut them loose. Then I, then there is a picture of Andy like sitting in on my like in this in the view. Like, live fearlessly. And then I cut and I cut off.
The intro and outro music for all IPM episodes is composed by Benny James. Our graphic art and logo are by Matthias Grelly. You can support International Podcast Month by sharing and talking about the event, and you can even buy our team members a coffee. Links are in the show notes. Follow us at PodMonth on Twitter and use the hashtag PodMonth2020. Head on over to internationalpodcastmonth.com for the month-long blog and for more information about the event. International Podcast Month, celebrating creators, sharing listeners.